All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Buckets and Beyond. I'm your host, Ben Seibel, and I'm always, as always, I'm joined by Jay Bonnie in the building. Yo, yo. And uh, Andrew the Goon Bennett. Up. And we are your Dallas Mavericks, your friendly neighborhood Dallas Mavericks podcast. So we like to get into uh, the NBA from a Mavs fan perspective. We also like to get into um, pop culture, like movies and, and music. And uh, uh, so we're going to get into the finals and uh, and how we uh, kind of we're talking about like the Lakers and the Heat are now going to play game six tonight. So we're just going to kind of keep you all updated on where we're at with that. And uh, Andrew, take it away. Yeah. So uh, Friday night, uh, Heat obviously won, took game five and a pretty thrilling, I mean, one of, one of our better games of like bubble basketball and one of the better games in this finals, this, this series has been pretty back and forth, but some of the games have been a little tilted towards LA. Um, so yeah, uh, would just like to start, start with maybe, um, Jay, I'll, I'll, I'll start with you first, since you are a resident Lakers fan, our resident LeBron Stan, um, and our resident. You had Lakers in five. It it's yes. It, it, it was rough. Not panning it's, out the way. Yeah. See, seeing that loss, um, but maybe like how how are you feeling after that game? Maybe some of your reactions from from Game Five. Uh, like how how are you feeling as the series stands three two, right now? Man, only word I could put it, best way to put it in one word, I should say, is shocked. Because, I mean, we're watching the Heat, the five-seed Heat. We're watching Jimmy Butler, who nobody knew. Nobody knew this was Jimmy Butler. We're watching them all ball out, and we're watching the Lakers actually struggle. And it feels like anything could happen now. We were talking a few days ago about how we're just going to cook them up. I, I, I use the words crispy. I use the words fry. I, I, I mean, we saw, the, we saw what they did to the Heat. Not, not the Heat. We saw what they did to the Rockets. We saw what they did to the Nuggets. Um, it's just shocking, man. It's just shocking seeing the team really battle and really go toe-to-toe with the Lakers. Jimmy Butler, not only is he going – score for score with LeBron, he's def- he's, they're defending each other and playing against each other and trying to get away from each other mm-hmm. constantly. Like, they, like, it's like, I don't chess know. Match. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a boxing it's a chess match. match. It's, it's a, it's a, it was a grind, man. And, um, and they're, the Heat are really competitive. They're really competitive. Duncan Robinson put up like 27 game five. Um, so, you know, we're seeing the Heat, they have multiple options. The Lakers, they're kind of looking like the Lakers from the regular season where we're kind of questioning the depth now. You know, we're seeing how sometimes they're, they're you know, it's not enough. Um, I mean, yeah, honestly, it's just kind of shocking, man. Uh, I, I I think it could go to seven. I can't believe I'm saying that. I can't believe it. Like, seven games. <laughs> I feel terrible for LeBron, no, too. Jay like, Bonnie, all Jay Bonnie is shook. I'm, he is I'm, shocked I'm, and he is shook. I have never, I have never yeah. seen you like. That looking good, folks. 
I have yeah. never. I've... <laughs> I mean, look, reality is stranger than fiction, man. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's true that the saying rings true because I sure as hell never would have guessed this, you know. Um, great game, though, man. Great game. Shout out to Jimmy Butler. Uh, you know, I'm a LeBron guy. Like, obviously, I'm hoping he wins. I'm still not like, like I feel like they're going to wrap it up here. But, like, tonight. there's only so much. I, uh, I don't know. I want to say tonight, but but there's only so much LeBron and AD can do. If AD's hurt and LeBron, he had uh, – like, he's putting up ridiculous numbers. I think he's going to be the finals MVP now if they win. We were talking about how great AD was doing and how, you know, how he was the, the key, the X factor and whatever. Um, LeBron's driving the boat. So um, – now it's really you know it's up it's up to Danny Green it's up to KCP and it's up LeBron to was knocking down those threes last game too like that was that was crazy yeah yeah um, I think he made I forgot how many he made like six out of eight I think yeah six I think he made six threes like crazy that's that was that's one less than his finals record of, of seven so I mean we saw like we're seeing LeBron play as good as LeBron has ever played as good as he's ever played um so yeah. it, it really, it's if up this, to it's up. To, if this goes seven, it, I think it's an instant classic when it comes to like those kind of like magic bird uh, type duels where, yeah. And I mean, you said it like, I think we, we understood that Jimmy Butler was a good player um, before the season started. I don't think a lot of us thought of Jimmy Butler as like, as like the Kobe for your team. Or like the yeah. the 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 guy that's going to get you a bucket regardless, um, and I think that's a lot of that's on us uh, and on it is just, on us because he's he's played well like he's shown that he's a clutch player before he had a he had a really good playoffs with the 76ers. Um, he's performed well in the playoffs in the past like he plays well when it matters. So I mean, I don't know. Not that we should have seen this coming, but like he it, you know he's here. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of clutch Jimmy Butler, right now, um, he is third in the most clutch points clutch in a single point in a postseason. Season. So he's he's got 48 right now, and then he's right behind Kawhi Leonard at 58. Guess who's number one? Your boy Dirk Nowitzki, Your boy. 2011. Yeah. <laughs> Leading the pack, 66. Yes, I, sir. I, I just saw the picture on Instagram this morning. I was like, man, that just makes me feel good. Because they just show a picture of Dirk just, like, roaring like a like a champ. And uh, it's just kind of uh, – when you think about how, like, how Jimmy's playing, he's, he's not necessarily putting the team on his back, but he's doing so much rebounding, getting assists, like, D'ing up LeBron and still, like, going down on the other end of the court and getting buckets. Um it, and he has to do even more of that playmaking and, and getting people set up now that, you know, Drogic has been out. Andre, yeah, Drogic's out. <sighs> I think, you know. That is the wildest thing. That is the wildest thing about this. And, and we all – we say this now, in seven hours, like, they could be popping the confetti cannons, cannons for the Lakers. But the fact that – Miami has won two games, one of which without Bam Adebayo and one of which without Goran Dragic. Uh, both of them without Goran. Both games they've won have been without Goran Dragic. The fact that this is a competitive series is, yeah, is a testament to how much 
um, how much Jimmy Butler and the rest of that team has rallied like the early in the series, like Tyler Harrow and, and, and Duncan Robinson kind of shrank a little bit from the spotlight. Drogic went down. They were kind of pushed into positions that like very, very young players aren't normally required to like run point for your offense as at 20 years old. Um, but I think we saw in game five, like those, play, those guys showed up and the Kyle Kuzma's, the KCP's like, those guys kind of shrank a little bit from the spotlight. So, um, yeah, I, I picked I picked Lakers in six for for bragging rights. I kind of hope they pull it out tonight, but I kind of okay. hope that we can just get we can get one more game of basketball. So if Anthony Davis is coming into Game Six like like you know a little bit like a, maybe like eighty percent Anthony Davis or like seventy percent because he's like kind of injured from the last game. I mean, that, that it seems like the Miami Heat are already kind of bruising him up with Iguodala, Crowder, Jimmy Butler. All these dudes are just bodying him up, you know. So I wonder if you know that could be that could push this to seven if if he's not a hundred percent. So we'll see. Yeah. <clears throat> he did not. He did not look good out there uh, towards the end of the game. Like if. If the Anthony Davis who was struggling at the end of the at the end of Game Five has to play Game Game Six, I think I think we're automatically going seven. Um, and a hard Game Seven too, not, like a real Game yeah, Seven. Did what if Drogic comes yeah, back for Game look, Seven and just finishes them off? That's actually something that's, that's interesting to me. I, I almost wonder if they're better given like having Jimmy control the ball the entire entire game because like. Maybe they should let Drogic like maybe they, if he's not all the way all the way there. Maybe they should like just yeah. let Jimmy drive the boat because they mean, already got, got it. The mojo going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, even even if you stick him into the second unit, uh, yeah, it, it it's interesting. Like, and maybe we 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 may have a little bit of recency bias here just because we've we've seen the Heat pull off a second victory and like the Lakers looked a little lack, a little lost towards the end of the year. And Anthony Davis, his health is in question. Um, but yeah, it's, it's looks, it feels like stock is up on the heat. Like the heat are trending upwards and can only get like better as the series goes on. I also wonder, and this is just, this is just me wondering out loud the Lakers have not played more than a five-game series this whole playoffs. This is the first series they've played in where they've had to go more than five games. Does yeah. fatigue does fatigue become a factor? Because um, the Heat have been they've I mean they battled through six games against the Celtics and then otherwise they were they I think they swept in the first round and they won five and five games in the second round. So like they've battled a little bit more maybe, um, but I wonder if the Lakers are not going to physically or going to be able to physically bring it for seven games if it assuming it goes to seven yeah that's definitely a mental edge the heat have over them because they're fresh from a a real battle against the celtics so i mean yeah i I was i was thinking about that too because in the previous pods we were talking about oh people have been talking smack about the lakers lakers and five the blazers and then the Rockets, Lakers in five. And then the Nuggets, Lakers in five. 
and then you can't say that about the heat like that might be like you know that might be the thing that like the lakers like feel like vulnerable in ways that they haven't felt in other series so when it comes to game five uh besides being just a all-around great basketball game we also had a lot of spicy little undercurrents little nuggets um Yeah. Um, So Anthony Davis injury looms large. There's also been circulating around NBA Twitter is the clip of him essentially taking like an elbow shot to Jay Jay Crowder's like head or face, um, which is one of those like the refs kind of swallowed their whistles. Uh, uh, So we've got, we've got that drama. Uh, I wonder if that rears its head tonight. Um, if there's any lingering um, spite. And then the big question mark for, for the Lakers, I think, and the one that everyone has been theorizing is, one, like, top of the list, is Danny Green going to finally earn his $30 million uh, tonight? And then you could also add, like, Markeith Morris, KCP, Alex Caruso, like, all the guys down the line on the bench. Are they going to – because we know, Lebr- like, LeBron has proven he's going to bring it regardless. Like it's, it's gonna happen. Uh, Anthony Davis is a question mark. Can the Lakers bench step up in ways that they kind of clunked it quite literally uh, in Game Five? What do you guys think? Yeah, well, sorry. Well, when it comes to Danny Green, I think like, I think he makes that shot fifty percent of the time. I think like we caught him on just a bad. Just you can't make them all. Paid like, him thirty mil for fifty percent of the time. You caught him on a human being. I mean, fifty percent. Fifty percent of the time is pretty good. On the field, yeah, I guess. He's yeah, a forty-two. He's a forty-two percent career free three-point. Give him that same shot like, the next two games. Give him that same shot games. Game six and game seven, the Lakers win the championship. So, like, my money's still on Danny Green coming through. Do you? Um, but do you, do you think, I think like, last night was just? I don't think last night was anything. They're not last night. I don't think Friday night was, um, you know, I think that's a nothing to see here. Nothing to see here moment. <laughs> what, do you, but do you think like LeBron's going to be like, all right, let's get, let's get Danny Green warm in the first quarter. Let's, let's get, let's get, I don't think they're going to be setting up stuff for him after that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of looking into it too much. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I so, hope, I hope they don't I, really, I, I hope they didn't shake him up that much, but. I think you still got to you gotta give it to Danny Green. And, and he's probably yeah. going to make it in that situation. But, but you know, you caught him on game five and not game seven where like, well, he'll, he'll probably yeah. sink it. <laughs> I, I agree with you on balance, Jay. Like, you cannot, you cannot judge a three-point shooter on the one shot that they miss. Uh, that being said, it's, it's a nothing moment that I think looms large. Like it, like a moment like that, regardless of how good Danny Green is across like his, his career, a moment like that has ripple effects Unless either, either you shake it off and you ignore and you forget about it or it, you know, latches itself into the, into the base of your skull and your brain and you go one for nine the next night and you go two for 11 the next night. Like, uh, yeah, and it's just it's a quick turnaround. Like, 
yeah, maybe he was in the gym all yesterday just jacking up that one shot. Yeah, I hope but... not, man. You're scaring me, dude. I hope, I hope he's not like <laughs> – I hope he's not talking to himself in the, in the bubble right now. You got this. You're still Yeah, because you know, like, right after, thing. there was, like, all those, like – thing. You're trapped in the bubble. Yeah. Where are you going to go? Like, trapped with his demons. <laughs> There's no escape. I no hope escape. he hasn't been in the gym this whole time just like, just 1% more. If I could just get one, if I could just get get that shot down. Uh, I think... I, I think want LeBron to love me. <laughs> going to make this or he won't love me. And I'll be traded like that. the rest of them. <laughs> it did feel shaking. like... I, I Here's another thing that I think has shaken our confidence in the Lakers is because in those final moments, the Lakers... Like, LeBron has looked like LeBron the whole time. Uh, he has, like, 35-year-old LeBron, looks like 34-year-old LeBron, looks like 33-year-old LeBron, looks like – I mean, it it continues on. The king is still the king. But the Lakers suddenly looked a lot more like the Cleveland Cavaliers than they looked like the Lakers. Because you had Danny Green clunking a wide-open three-point shot, and who gets the rebound? Markeith Morris grabs it. And who does he pass it to? The, no one. He passes it to the first row. So, like, we've seen this movie before. Like, we've seen, like, game one against Golden State a few years back, J.R. Smith brings down that, brings out that ball and tries to run it out and doesn't put it, like, those, like, these bonehead kind of plays or just these, this poor shooting. I don't mean, I don't mean to give you PTSD. ulcers, Jay. Yeah. Like, I'm it's sorry, Jay. I, I don't mean to, but... <laughs> I get to see Jay like when like in the fourth quarter with like twelve seconds left, and now checking in, J.R. Smith, and Jay's like, no, <laughs> no, J.R. Smith will not play a single. If the Lakers are up thirty, J.R. Smith plays. Otherwise, yeah. no. <laughs> Never. He's just there to take up space on the bench. He's a garbage time, garbage time guy. What if there's like a cascade of injuries and there's only four people left and then J.R. Smith's the only other person that can play? You play one man down. You play four. You, you, <laughs> four on five, guys. We're doing play four, four on five. five. You play four on five. LeBron just like glares at him. You He's don't. Like, You're not getting off that bench. You stay right there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, so, poor Jay. Uh, <laughs> any other – so I believe <clears throat> as it stands – Unfortunately, Jay is out of the running for the uh, calling the series sweepstakes. Uh, call it in five. Unfortunately, it's not going to go that way for the Lakers. I'm up tonight, and I'm kind of worried. I kind of wish I could switch mine to games. I kind of wish I could switch mine to, like, Lakers in seven. Uh, or, like, quite frankly, like, maybe Heat in seven. Um, ben, Ben, I believe you have Lakers in seven. Lakers in seven. Yeah. I, I just wonder if you, like you the, feeling good you feel you feeling good about that uh, about that choice. If the I just wonder if the Lakers as like a whole are gonna like if they lose Game Six, how what does their psyche look like? You know, because I can only imagine being in that locker room after Game Six, like LeBron's gonna be like, you know, like how could you miss that shot or how could you you know like the, all all of they're basically like almost playing for his legacy at this point. So, like, yeah. each player doesn't really have as much on the line as he does. Um, and I think kind of that's, like, the pressure of being on, on a LeBron team. So, I don't know. Like, 
it would take a lot for for them to lose game six. I think like it's very possible they just like you know right that was a a fluke game like let's get back into what we do best and and they you know play good defense you know follow up on the uh, on the yeah. fast break and just you know LeBron and, and AD can kind of do their thing. But if if we get Dragic back in game seven, that's that's another wrinkle that the Lakers haven't had to mess with. So I don't know. It's kind of up okay. in the air. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something you said. Yeah. The pressure, it, 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 it feels like all, I mean, and all, all of the pressure is on the Lakers. Like it's, it's LeBron's legacy is on the line. And if, and again, in, in seven hours, we could all be proven wrong. Like Lakers win it in six, the confetti goes on. <laughs> off and it's and it's and all is all is good in the world again for LeBron stands and for Lakers fans um but if you lose game six in addition to all those things you mentioned Ben there's the knowledge that you were up 3-1 oh, you were I think about you that. were <laughs> up 3-1 oh man and oh, now no. you have to I I, I was <laughs> I mean I, I was thinking about it it, it reminds me of Ben, you play tennis. Sometimes I was playing tennis earlier today with a friend and there's something that happened like mentally, it is a tough thing to overcome when you were, let's say you're at 40 love, like you're up four points or you're up three points to none. You just need one more point. You just need one more point and you first serve misses like seconds or they hit a winner back on you and suddenly it's like 40, 30. And then you they get it. feel I mean, everything you're doing. <laughs> it, yeah. And every, yeah, you're, you're thinking about every little thing and it's like, man, I just needed one more freaking point. I just needed one more game. But now instead of winning that one more game, I got to play game seven against Jimmy Butler and these goons. <laughs> and, and like, if, 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 like, if I'm LeBron, I'm like, I've got to play one more game seven. And I don't know if Danny Green is going to show up. I don't know which Danny Green is going to show up. I don't know which Markeith Morris is going to show up. I don't know which Kyle Kuzma is going to show up. I don't know if Anthony Davis has a healthy ankle. And so all of it, I mean, it's just like it builds and builds. It's like a pressure. I mean, it's, yeah, you're trapped That's in the terrifying. bubble. There's no. <laughs> Cause I, I empathize with that feeling, man. Like when you know that it's that like the pressure is on, you gotta, I don't know, like as a basketball fan, I kind of hope that professional basketball players who have, who have already been, you know, all these players have been through this moment before when they're playing AAU or whatever, like or when they're in high school, winning their state championship, when they were winning their college, whatever thing they had, um, you gotta hope that they could like mentally push past that moment. But but that's a very real phenomenon. I'm sure there's sports psychologists that could, that, you know, help these guys with that can break that down, mm-hmm. but it's a real thing. Nonetheless, man, if it goes to game seven, man, it's going to be scary. People, people are probably going to be, I don't know if the heat are going to be favored, but there's going to be a lot of people like, this is it. This is it for the Lakers. This is it for the Lakers. And that three, one, that's, that's, that's stung when you said, Oh, three, one. Cause LeBron, LeBron's legacy, the haters are going to be coming out. And and I don't know if he could recover from this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to say that. I think he like, can recover from it. I, yeah. 
It's yeah. crazy to say that because he's I mean, already Jay, in we the talked, finals. We talked about LeBron two or three weeks ago when it was just when Ben was Ben was off uh, on vacation. We talked about you brought up you came to the pod and you said LeBron is what like thirty three and six. I mean he he wins like eighty percent of his closeout games. Like he is he is an eighty like his team has an eighty percent win percentage in closeout games. Well, game five was an L. They take like hit. There's the potential here for for him to lose some of that closeout game clout. Um, yeah, we're not seeing the him. numbers fall, but maybe we're seeing like maybe this is the first sign of of a diminishing washed king. Maybe like. Maybe the numbers stay the same, but it's just the the, the leadership isn't quite there. A, I think that's there. a little slanderous. That's a little that's a little too quick. That's a little, I'm, I'm, like the I'm least gonna, LeBron I'm standing thing I'm being pessimistic. I'm being pessimistic. Any any Lakers loss, like let's say the Lakers lose three in a row and they lose this finals, it it's on Danny Green and KCP and Anthony. It's it, it's on their shoulder. And it's an unfortunate, it's unfortunate like the injury to Anthony Davis is gonna loom pretty large in that scenario. I don't think you can put any of this on LeBron. Uh, but people as, will. As a, people as a logical will. human being, no, but but I, NBA I don't underestimate NBA fans. <laughs> NBA fans will put it all on LeBron. Put it all on LeBron. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think that I think that covers uh, recap <laughs> of game five and just our our hopes for the rest of the series. Oh, one, uh, one, one last Mavs related game six note. Is tonight. Yeah. So game six tonight, one last Mavs related note. We as a franchise dodged a bullet when we ended up paying. Bo- Bo- I think it was Boban and Seth Curry instead of Danny green um, in the, in off season last year. And I was, I wanted Danny green so bad. I wanted him like, Oh my gosh, we need a shooter. We need a defender. This is going to be the guy. <clears throat> He, Donnie Nelson, Donnie Nelson for for GM of the year, front office of <laughs> the year. Good call, good call, good call. Right, the second. Dodge, but like that, I, I wonder if that would have been like worse than Wesley Matthews as far as like performance wise. But like with what we got from like Tim Hardaway Jr., like that is to me just yeah. We, like that you don't always have to chase the big fish. You don't always have to chase the big fish. And it's hilarious that we're talking about Danny Green. Like last summer, Danny Green was a big fish. And like he, like, like he was a big get. He played the field like he was a big fish. Like he basically was like, well, if Kawhi goes to uh, you know Toronto, I'll stay in Toronto. If you know he goes to uh, like the Clippers, then I'll go to the Lakers. You know, like he was basically only fielding like contender related. You know, yeah. We were yeah. apparently in talks. He's chasing but, a ring. And there you go. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Um. But uh, not Dodge bullet. Fate, Dodge fate, bullet. fate smiled on us. I still kind of want Danny Green. I mean, oh my gosh, I, that, that, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate having Danny Green. We're your your loyalty, your loyalty is admirable, Jay. I gotta say that. Yeah. I mean, he seems Danny. like a great guy, but I don't think he would be good for us now. Yeah. His so again, Jay Jay has it right here. Like we are. We're trapped in recency bias. He has not been a $30 million player in the playoffs. He has not been worth it in the playoffs. During the regular season, I think he was a pretty – I mean, he was a pretty solid, like, role player alongside LeBron. The playoffs, he has – he's he's put up 
a clunker. Um, yeah. Which, who knows? We'll see. Clay, not our problem. We'll see. I, uh-huh. I guess I'm still holding out. I'm still holding out. There's still two games left. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still you know, maybe he'll have his 40 point game tonight. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm, I'm still holding on. I'm still oh like, my oh, goodness. Maybe. I would, yeah, Jay, if you're hoping, if you're hoping Danny Green is going to save you, I've got, um, I've yeah. got some news for you. Not today. <laughs> gonna happen. Like um, Jay Cole said, don't save her. She don't want to be saved. <laughs> That's me. Don't, don't save Jay. <laughs> Um, on, on that note, with the Mavs dodging a bullet, um, I thought we could talk a little bit about the Marvel news and the Beyond segment. We haven't had a Beyond segment, uh, mainly because there's just been a lot of uh, great playoff basketball to talk about. Um, but uh, recently, there were a few casting uh, news clips that came out. So um, there's a few sp- – few Spider-Man related casting. Um, so first one is uh, Doctor Strange or Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in the next uh, Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland. Um, and he's going to serve like a mentor role and uh, he's going to kind of, uh, the theory um, is that he's going to bring the multiverse into the next movie um, which leads me to my next casting news where uh, Jamie Foxx has been cast as Electro. Um, so if you don't remember, he was actually Electro in the Amazing Spider-Man um, uh, 2 with uh, Andrew Garfield. Um, and the theory is that he, uh, Doctor Strange is going to bring Electro from that version or that universe and like he'll be Electro in the MCU as we know it. Um, so with, with all those the Spider-Man related news, what do you guys think about, about that? Yeah, well, I'm excited about Jamie Foxx being Electro. Um, I'm a Jamie Foxx fan, but I'm, I also kind of like that they're mixing the universe, that they're okay with doing that, you know, because, you know, there's always that awkwardness between, you know, oh, well, you know, they did Spider-Man this way, they did Spider-Man that way. Um, you know, if you find a good role for somebody, and like, I honestly, I don't even remember Amazing Spider-Man Two. I, I remember enjoying. I enjoyed this Amazing Spider-Man Two. I like Andrew Garfield. I think Holland is like, like I've forgotten about the other Spider-Mans, bro. Like, I don't need. You know, I think Tom Holland, Grace, Tom Holland, does yeah, Tom, Tom right? Holland. Tom Holland. I think he's he's Spider-Man, and he should be Spider-Man for the foreseeable future. Um, but you know, if something works, then keep it in. So I, yeah, I like them. I like them keeping um, keeping a, a a role they had for the villain before, because then we'd have you know a whole nother debate. Oh, well, who's a better Electro? Who's a better this? Instead of just like having Electro that we that that can stick in our minds even longer, you know. So we um, we have double that villain now, sort of, with so, the same actor playing it. It's more potent. Um, one, one thing I should mention. So the other possibility is that they just bring uh jamie fox into this universe and he's like a different version of electro so they haven't confirmed or denied which way they're going with that um would you guys rather have new version of electro or you would you like to have the one from the amazing spider-man into this i think it depends on the plot like if he's going to be used in this i don't know if he's going to be 
I don't know if you're going to sort of introduce him or and use him the same way you use him in the previous movies, then maybe come go with a new design if you're going to like I guess sort of rehash a similar story yeah. or a similar relationship that he has with Spider-Man in the movie. If it's going to be a similar relationship, maybe make it look a little different so we're not I don't know deja vu. We're not distracted by the old <laughs> movie while we're watching the new movie. Right. I guess, I guess I'm sort of leaning on like I hope they change the design up. Um, yeah, I do too. But what do you think, but, Andrew? Um, I am. I'll say this. I I've got a lot of thoughts here that I'm trying to organize in my brain right now. Uh, I like Doctor Strange in this movie as kind of the means for how we potentially get like a lot of. Twitter is a buzz about like, oh, we're finally, we're going to get a multiverse. Like we're going to get like, you know, we had Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse kind of like open this doorway and they're like, oh my gosh, what if we had, what if we had Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man's like all in the same Spider-Man, like, and fans have kind of been bouncing off the walls after that. And with this, you have Doctor Strange, who is like that extra planar, like opening portals into different worlds and different realities. so I like the potential for that. Um, I think that's an interesting place to take it. I don't necessarily like Doctor Strange in this movie if he becomes uh, Iron Man light and becomes like knockoff Iron Man that becomes a mentor. Like, and I think some of the news has kind of sent around like he will be a mentor to Spider-Man, which is like, like can we let, can we let, I mean, and Ben, you've brought it up when it comes to the shadow of Iron Man kind of hanging over a lot of these Spider-Man movies. Like Spider-Man doesn't really get to be Spider-Man. He gets to be like, he like Tony to be, Stark's like product. Basically, He gets to, yeah, he gets to be Spider-Man in an Iron Man movie sort of. <laughs> uh, so I, I kind of wanted to, would like to see Spider-Man. And so depending on how Benedict Cumberbatch is used and how Dr. Strange is, Strange is used, it could be great. I, I would like to not go back over this kind of like, I need like an older superhero to like show me the ropes. Like we've seen Spider-Man and we've seen Tom Holland in two movies now, uh, really three or four when you include the Avengers movies and Winter Soldier and everything. Um, I am also a big Jamie Foxx fan. So him as Electro is uh, like a solid choice and whether it's a new design and like new character or whether it's, if it if it if it is like plucking Electro out of that universe, that past Spider-Man, I think that only works if you start pulling in like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think if if you're gonna pluck Electro out and then not do anything else to connect to like oh there are multiple like universe or like multiple like timelines where like these different people are spider-man it doesn't work if you're just like oh no we just wanted to get electro in this movie and we decided we'd pluck him out of like a past movie uh that only works i feel like if you're pulling other stuff or you're laying the groundwork for oh no we're gonna we could see appearances from sandman or Willem defoe's green goblin or uh it's also interesting when you consider that sam raimi uh directed the first three Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies, uh, and will be directing Doctor Strange's next, uh, movie. 
So yeah. uh, I I like it. I think it's I think you can't go wrong with Spider Man. It feels like Marvel is kind of going back to its roots and is kind of like we don't have the Avengers, we don't have Iron Man, we don't have Captain America necessarily anymore. Let's build around Spider Man as like our most marketable franchise that we have. Uh, like, and everybody loves Spider Man. Nobody's nobody's not gonna show up to go see Spider Man, like regardless of what how the movie turns out. How crazy would that be if we saw Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man again? I would like, I, I really don't like Tobey Maguire man Spider-Man, but that would be off the chain. We're watching <laughs> those movies now, they're like real depressing. Like as an adult, you see like the struggle <laughs> Peter Parker's going through. Like, I don't know, people are treating him terribly. They're like bumping into him or like- yeah. He's super, he's super poor all the time. Super poor. He can't, he can't make rent. He can't, he can hardly afford like anything or like, much less like dating any but anyway um so reality uh, well, right yeah realistic, a realistic real. a realistic superhero real. movie he lives in new york <laughs> is, is insane and um, he like opens his closet there's like two things on a hanger like you know yeah. he's, like, um, rats <laughs> so uh one thing i kind of so at the end of the last Spider-Man movie, Far From Home, um, Mysterio, through J. Jonah Jameson, reveals his identity to everybody on this giant, like, you know, news screen or whatever. So when that happened, I immediately thought, like, well, like, hopefully they still find a way to hold on to uh, Spider-Man's identity and, you know, so he can be Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Because if you notice in the MCU nobody really has a secret identity like everyone knows like you know Captain America's Steve Rogers everybody knows Iron Man's Tony Stark um nobody like really wears masks to protect their family except Spider-Man so I'm thinking please like let him keep his own like identity because he's still so young like if he doesn't do that he has to like move into Avengers Tower and like not be a kid you know a kid anymore if that makes sense um, so what I think is going to happen is that Doctor Strange and uh, Peter are going to link up and Peter's going to be like, hey, can you help me like with like a spell or something to make everybody forget who, forget who I am or something along those lines. And I feel like it'll be like a quick cameo where it's like, all right, yeah, I do this, but like this is something bad's going to happen as a result. Maybe like that something bad is like a portal gets open and then, you know, the electric. That's a bad theory, but like it's. Um, I feel like most of the reason why Star Strange is going to be there is to kind of clear up the whole like secret identities out. Um, but maybe that would be dope. Yeah, I think that could be dope. cool. Um, and the last thing I'll say about Spider Man is that Electro coming into this movie um, is one—he's uh, actually one of the main members of of the Sinister Six. So so far in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we've seen Vulture. And we've seen uh, Scorpion was in prison with Vulture, um, Mysterio uh, in the last movie. Um, so that's three. And then uh, if we get Electro, that's before. And apparently Craven the Hunter is supposed to be in this movie. I don't know if that's still a thing, but we're real close to like rounding out the Sinister Six. So maybe after this movie, they introduce like the last one and then they find a way to you know, have like a Sinister Six movie. So I, 
I think that could be like the like the 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 giant crossover event of like all these great villains and all of like uh hopefully by then like Peter's like in college but I don't know that's got me excited as a Spider-Man fan just the potential of like all those great villains together yeah do we do we think that is in this next upcoming movie like in the third because I'm gonna be on I'm gonna be honest the last time the last couple of times that Spider-Man has done that where you suddenly have like there are three or four different villains it has not gone super well yeah in um, Spider-Man 3 they had uh Sandman and then the Goblin Green Goblin and, and Venom and Venom <clears throat> In Amazing Spider-Man 2, you had Electro, you had Rhino, who was featured very briefly. briefly yeah. You had Green Goblin, and uh, trying to think if there was a fourth. That, that was movie. it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it just like if you build up for that, and it's like one movie where it's like him versus the Senator Sinister Six. I think that's interesting. But if you're trying to handle some other stuff, you know, he's got to fix his secret identity portal like you know no yeah universe i don't think that'll up. be in the next movie um i think that would be uh like they've, they've only established a few of the characters so i think this is probably like the last movie before they have everybody um so like i bet you like at the end of this movie like the extra scene at the end is like you know somebody like getting them together or something like that. um but i think there's a uh, I think Spider-Man's always been my favorite, and this version, Tom Holland's version, is, is amazing. Uh, it's 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 exciting on that front. Um, so yeah. let me get to uh, the Kang the Conqueror's casting. Um, one Jonathan Majors from Lovecraft Country on HBO. Yes. And if you haven't watched Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, you should. Still haven't watched it. I mean, they tell me to watch it super creepy super fucking weird but dope it is so dope <laughs> so like kind of like i don't know if you guys do this but i want to when i watch shows or te- or movies or i'm kind of like sort of like in the back of my head scouting out saying like oh i could see that person as you know fill in the blank superhero oh like she could definitely be like so and so oh man he would make a great you know batman or whatever um but you know, when I see all these Lovecraft country ads, I see Jonathan Majors, I'm like, dude, that's like a Green Lantern. Like, like nobody's ever looked like Green, like John Stewart, Green Lantern, that's him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then I find out, so he's, Ken, Jonathan Majors got cast in Ant-Man 3 as King the Conqueror. And uh, that was kind of a, for me, I was kind of bummed out because I feel like he could have been a lot cooler. Ca- I mean, cast into a cooler character, but I he mean, can he can still be Green Lantern in the DC universe. We've seen we've seen the DC Marvel crossover happen before, right? Yeah, we're hoping I mean, he murders the Kang not, so hard though. That and we've also we've I mean we've seen we've seen we've seen it happen within Marvel. I mean, Chris Evans yeah. was not always Captain America. I don't know if it's happened at the same time though. Like, has like someone been oh. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and been? In, well, well ben, I guess I, I got to break it to you here. 
if there's going to be a Green Lantern movie, it's going to be like 10 years from now. Oh, okay. it's going gonna, it's gonna, to it's gonna come out a year <laughs> after they finally release that Flash movie you've been talking about. That's <laughs> fire. So, so, it's going to be a minute. <laughs> uh, another, good point, another good point to touch on that Andrew brought up. Why, <laughs> why the, the actors of color were always playing characters of, of literal color. They were playing the aliens. Kane the Conqueror is a blue time. He's a blue extraterrestrial so I don't know entity. If it, no, so I don't know if they're going to make him. Uh, it, it, the tricky part is, is apparently he is like the grandson of Reed Richards. Um, but like the, the reason why his like face is blue, I think it's like the weirdness of his mask or something. Mm. So I don't know if they'll actually paint him blue or if it'll be like a weird like cloaking thing. Um, but and that's another point to point out is like because he's the grandson of Reed Richards leads to I mean that makes you think like hey when the Fantastic Four come out in the MCU does that mean Reed Richards is going to be black so I don't know that like Mr. Yeah. Mr. Fantastic who knows like I, I don't know if that's going to be like a uh, trickle effect from this casting see like I don't know to me that that's one that's one situation going to another. So like, I don't know. To me, Reed Richards Reed Richards is white. All right, you don't need to throw you don't need to throw us a bone and give us a black Reed Richards. <laughs> and at the you know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't know if I, I I think a lot of people disagree with me on that. I'm sure a lot of people be like black Reed Richards. Blah, blah, blah. But like, I mean. I don't want to. I mean, we, I'm we just saying them, it's a possibility. We, I'm we not saw saying them do that. Theorizing, so yeah, of in, course. In the most recent Fantastic Four movie, which was not great, we saw them do that with Michael B. Jordan, and Michael B. Jordan took on the role of like Human Torch. Which Ben, you might be able to correct me. I don't think that's been done before in the comics, where you've where uh, the Human Torch has been played has been you know a black actor or has been a black character. Well, I um, think uh, what I'm wondering is like going forward. People have been like talking about how uh, the MCU is a bit, like a lot like like a lot of white people basically. So like in this next phase of movies, um, like if they acquire like the X Men and Fantastic Four, I mean there aren't a lot of you know minorities in those roles. I wonder if they're just gonna you know mix it up a bit just to give the audience something different. Because uh, like if you look at the old X Men movies, there's not a whole lot of you know. Uh, representation there either um yeah I mean, yeah the, I, don't, I wouldn't be shocked if that's what if if that's the route they take so I, I would prefer i mean like i feel like comic books are really good at represent i feel like comic books you know out of any out of all the mainstream media like they're better than action movies they're better than comedy movies they like they have superheroes from literally every walk of life and like there's so many stories like there's there marvel has a lot of of um of characters of all types of races you know what i mean like I, I guess as a fan i would prefer them to maybe do what they did with black panther you know like really invest in give us in, a give us a a black superhero don't yeah. change a white superhero to be black yeah right and and you know it works like that, and uh, we're about to get into Miss Marvel. That's another. That's another one. Like that. That that's preferable. At least I don't know to to me than making a black Reed Richards. But I mean, interesting theory though. Like I, I know we're just theorizing here, 
but yeah, I did yeah. think that was interesting. Um, that he point did. about how he does, he doesn't get the the Green Lantern role, but he gets the 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 uh, the, Kang <laughs> the green yeah. the blue skin Kang role. <laughs> yeah, we got Zoe Saldana as as uh, the Gamora, or and, not uh, the Gamora, but and, Kang um, Gamora. Kang yeah. also ties in like another story arc that I've actually read in the comics uh, to Young Avengers, um, and him uh, coming back. Um, it leads to the start of the Young Avengers, and if you think about it, we've got uh, Cassie Lang, uh, you know Ant Man's daughter. Uh, we've got the future um, Hawkeye show with his Bishop, Kate Bishop. Um, we've got. Uh, I think there's a potential like that that kid from Iron Man three might come back as like an iron like an Iron Man light or something. Um, I know there's a couple other I can't think of off the top of my head. Oh yeah, so later in the show, like we'll talk about like, like Wandavision for a quick bit. But um, from Wandavision, uh, Wanda and Vision, like they she kind of um, casts a spell that gives her kids, and they end up being uh hulkling and uh wiccan so like a thor and like a uh version of uh, uh like hulk so th there's already like a lot of you know little characters in the mcu that are leading towards like a young avengers that are kind of like forming in different shows and different movies um and kang is kind of what br is like the, the big villain that brings all of them together so I think that could be cool too. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, a dope, cool. that's a dope. What phase are we on? Are we on phase four? Phase four, five? Yeah. yeah we're or about something to start now. Phase like four. that's, I think that's an interesting like phase five move for Marvel to have these young side characters that have been sprinkled throughout now getting to kind of either have their own show altogether um, or like moving up to the big leagues and like having their own movies. Um, who knows? Uh, it's exciting. I think it's time because I think um, throughout the years, one of the main criticisms of Marvel has been like how cookie cutter it is and how um, I think one of the only valid criticisms is like how we're rehashing superheroes that everybody knows how, you know, um, it, you know, it's kind of cookie cutter. It's kind of like, all right, you know, Hulk, you know, Iron Man this, you know, he's like, we got this character here, we got this character here. Uh, just IPs that we all know and that we've known for decades. But um, it's exciting that they're branching out of that, 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 you know, we're getting newer and newer characters. And and Marvel's gotten really good at, at you know, un, unearthing these great characters. Yeah. You know, like Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff. Like Nobody <laughs> cared about that before. Nobody cared about Deadpool. <laughs> and now, like, household names, so... Yeah, I think they're gonna do it again. They've earned a lot of goodwill with their fans. So I feel like they're they feel like they can take more risks going forward and introducing them to new characters and stuff like that. Um, do uh, you guys want to talk about like the Wandavision trailer a little bit? What did uh? What you think about? I like watched it before we started recording, and I didn't even have the sound on. I, I haven't even seen it. <laughs> it. But from watching it with no sound on. What the hell? Like it looks crazy. Looks <laughs> <laughs> pretty trippy. Like, yeah, it's pretty trippy. It looks like a yeah. good movie. I don't know. I, I, I. The Wandavision trailer is one of the more exciting things that I have, that I've seen in like the last month out of Marvel. Like I, 
I think, um, yeah, it, it feels very much like Marvel is finally able to, is finally feels free. Like you mentioned it before, the cookie cutter style. Like we now are getting to a point where it's like, no, like let's do a super trippy, super, uh, I mean, yeah, you don't even really know what genre you would put a show like that because it's part like period piece it's part like set in like the 50s or it's part like kind of thriller suspense because you don't know like what is the nature of this reality that we're in is this is this wanda is this scarlet witch just like using her powers to alter reality is this uh, her trying to like get vision back after he was uh, yeah so i mean there there's a lot of interesting ways to go with it. Um, and I think Paul, Bet Paul Bettany and, and Elizabeth, uh, shoot. Olson. Olson. Thank you. Uh, she's, she's a great actress. So it's, it's going to be exciting to have like them in a limited series or in a show together. Yeah. And the, I think from what I understand is that she is one or Wanda or Scarlet Witch, she like creates like a little pocket dimension where, like she's living with vision as her husband in kind of like this like almost like a little dream world but you know i think there's you know other forces that find their way into this dimension and, and they're, they're trying to like shake her into the reality of like hey vision's dead or um but i think the aftermath of this is going to lead into dr strange and the multiverse of madness where like more than likely she's gonna like somehow fracture reality or she'll like you know um you know go crazy and then uh dr strange has to kind of come in and help her like corral that and, and they're probably gonna have to work through that through that movie her back from the brink but i do the other theory is that like it, whatever happens between this show and the multiverse of madness will lead to the the mutants coming into the mcu uh, officially whether like she says something that like just brings them all into existence or she like you know brings them in from one of the multiverses or something like that um but that's just an, an, another exciting part of it is uh is how that's handled so yeah i for one am excited to see what they do with it yeah it more looks, so than more so than a unique. lot of the and more so than a lot of some of yeah. the newer Marvel Because they, they keep, uh, in the trailer, I think there's, like, she's there in, like, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. They're, like, hopping between, like, you know, decades of, you know, classic looks or whatever and, and just, like, different, like, vibes throughout the whole thing. Um, so it's going to be an extremely unique show. They're having a lot of shows. Yeah, that one, the Winter Soldier and Falcon show. But part of me is like excited that we're getting this news, but like there's also like, when when are we actually gonna see this movie? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. But I think I think like Disney, um, after the way that fandom went for DC, like they've strategically like re released like these these casting news of like great actors in these roles and, and I think that you know 
they, they've, like I said, they've earned a lot of goodwill so they can kind of just like, hey, we cast this person. Oh, by the way, they're a great actor in this awesome role. So um, it's exciting to be a, be a comic you know, if and when we finally get to start watching <laughs> comics again. Y'all are watching movies again. Uh, it was like, I think it was last week, maybe like Wonder Woman was supposed to premiere like a week ago. Dang. I believe it's, I believe it's original release date for was for October. And so <laughs> I think it was in June originally and they pushed it back. Like, oh, that's true. Times. That's true. I should take that back. It originally was for June. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Good Lord. And we have, we have now passed its uh, postponement date. Woof. Woof. Yeah. So Rough really year. excited. Rough to see, really, really excited to see all of these great shows and movies in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we'll be here. Talking about something, who knows what? <laughs> gray, gray hair in your beard, just going like, oh my gosh, did you, did you see that King the Conqueror? That new Fantastic Four movie? Such a great feature film. <laughs> uh, well, I think you kind of hit everything. Um, yeah. Do we want to? Do we want to touch on? So we've got the two other series, the She-Hulk series. Oh, well okay. Yeah the Miss Marvel series. Um, these are two more that like, I know very little about either of these characters. Um, the knowledge I have of the Miss Marvel character mostly comes from just seeing people's reviews and clips from the newest Avengers video game, which has been kind of, kind of rough from what I can tell. Like the game itself has been rough, not necessarily this character. Um, and I'll just say, I, I don't know a ton about She-Hulk, but I am excited for Miss Marvel. Like, Miss Marvel, it seems like, is an opportunity for us to get another, you mentioned it before, like, Young Avenger, like, another kind of, like, teenage story. Uh, like, part of the allure, I think, for, for the Spider-Man movies is obviously it's Spider-Man. But Tom Holland has been just the, the pitch-perfect, like, I'm an awkward high schooler that, like, doesn't know what to do with my powers. Um, and so it'll be interesting to have that with like another hero, um, as well as a hero who happens to be a woman and happens to be Muslim. Um, and I feel like we could, cause for the most part in the MCU, we've had like Captain America is like 70 years old. I mean, technically he's 30, 40, really. I mean, Iron Man is like 40 years old. Like all of our heroes have been like, they're adults. They have adult problems. They, you know, they are established, you know, heroes. They've been heroes for a while. Um, or they've been on the planet for a while. Um, but I, I don't know if you guys have any extra thoughts. Ben, you probably know more about both She-Hulk and Miss Marvel as like characters as they relate to the comic books. But uh, yeah, I know more about uh, She-Hulk. She She-Hulk was cast as Tatiana Maslany. And the only thing I know her from is when she was uh, her short stint on Parks and Rec, where she was Tom Haverford's like nurse girlfriend. Um, and what? That's She-Hulk. Yeah. Oh dang. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I, I I am excited about this now. Because like she wasn't on the Parks and Rec very long, because like right after that she got cast onto Orphan Black, and then that became like a huge like critically acclaimed show. 
where she, she got was Emmy. Like, she got Emmy on that one, I think. Yeah, she was uh, basically. Uh, do you know? I, I didn't. I've never seen her from Black. I've heard about it, but um, yeah. So I don't know about either. She got a ring though. She got a. She's a champion. One thing I thought. <laughs> thing I thought was interesting. <laughs> she's from Saskatchewan, so that means we have a Canadian woman playing She-Hulk. We have a Canadian person playing the meanest, angriest woman. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, is she really fit for this role? I don't know. Like, we'll, we'll have, have a good day, see. eh? <laughs> I mean, have you seen have you seen Canadians play hockey? They can get they can get angry. Oh, That's a good point. They can get That's angry. A good point. Dang counterpoint. It's just that yeah. controlled yeah. rage. I guess she's gonna be body checking all the bad guys, <laughs> <laughs> throwing them into the boards. Whole <laughs> cocky. She whole cocky. No, I think like she'll. Uh, she's definitely got the acting ability. Um, she's pretty tiny, so I, I think I was thinking more along the lines of like, uh, so, oh man, what was her name? From uh, Annie from Community. I forget her name, but she was oh, like um, in Glow. Allison. Allison Brie. Allison Brie. Yeah. Pretty sure Allison Brie is also pretty tiny. Like no, but I mean, like anybody she, can anybody can bulk the, up. Right, but like in she was recently in a like a wrestling show or you know, on Netflix. So, like, she's got more of the fighting stuff. I mean, I get it. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but... Um, she'd be fire in this role. I think I think you kind of want a small She-Hulk because when you use computers to make her, like, a monster, you, yeah, want, when, that, you want that extra contrast. The difference between, between, between She-Hulk and Hulk is that She-Hulk can turn green and turn off green whenever she wants. Oh, uh, so she has, like, control of her abilities, right? Yeah, so I don't, I don't know how they'll do that. Well, yeah, because a lot of times in... Like, from what I've seen of She-Hulk in the comics, it's very much like she is in court, like, arguing, like, in court in front of a jury, and she's full-on green, but she's wearing, like, her, her blazer and, like, paralegal, or, you know, she... So she we're going to get law she, and order. This is she's law and dressed, order she's dressed like a lawyer, but she just so happens to be green. Like, she looks like the Jolly Green Giant, but just in lawyer clothes. So I, I feel like we're going to get small Tatiana like as her and then we're gonna get roided out like I think we're gonna get that contrast that you were talking about Jay um, yeah I, yeah they, they gotta be spending a lot of money on those computers although the they're gonna make her look like a monster man like they're, they're not gonna they're not that's gonna like thing she holds on that she hope doesn't look like I mean she, she looks like fit but she's not like a bodybuilder like Hulk looks like you know so I I don't know if they're gonna do she doesn't look unhealthy when it comes to like you look at Hulk and it's like, man, you get this is. I'm worried Hulk about is you. Like, not even like yeah, you can't you can't you species. can't touch your you can't touch your shoulder like you can't touch you can't touch your toes when you're. You like, can't shake my hand without without destroying like you could grab my whole body with one arm. Yeah, Hulk is just crazy. Yeah, if she Hulk. I mean, I, I hope they make her look beefy. I hope she don't look just like little little Tatiana Masley. Just you know. Green. green in the courtroom like um actually your honor uh, no like i object <laughs> so we've one thing that again i don't know a ton about she hulk we've kind of have seen like the lawyer slash superhero drama like in a limited in a series like we've Done had to perfection had, we've had daredevil so i wonder Again, and there may be th there are a ton of things that I don't know about She-Hulk as a character, but I wonder how 
it distinguishes itself from a, a show like that where like the legal drama like kind of it like kind of intertwined in a lot of scenarios um uh i wonder how it differentiates itself from just being like oh yeah this is a lawyer who happens to be a superhero um i kind of hope it's more lawyer superhero well more more lawyer i hope it's more super lawyer and not like <laughs> a superhero who happens to be a lawyer you know what i mean i hope it's i hope they're kind of like so like the like the, the jury knows she's a superhero and they're just like, Something like that. Yeah, I, I, I could get into that. I could get into that. But like, so, well, maybe, what, if, what, if, what if, Jay, you were talking about like, there's just going to be law and order. What if, like, law and order, you have the police that investigate the crimes, and then you have the prosecutors who, like, prosecute the crimes. What if she's both sides of it? She's a superhero that's like bringing people to justice. And she's the prosecutor that's prosecuting people. I want that to be the intro, like in the criminal bum, justice system. Bum, 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 and at the bum. end, it's like She Hulk does both. <laughs> this Find arm, you. this arm is justice. This arm is, free. yeah, you know. Find you a lawyer that can do both. <laughs> like, well, the, that's the, the question: Is she a is she a defense attorney or is she a prosecutor generally? And the she's a prosecutor because she's she's got to like inflict justice as she's as she's literally she can't defend the people that she's in jail proving the need for justice she... yeah she's got to like attack she's got to be on the attack and then she's got to be like as i don't know maybe as they're uncovering evidence she's like out there bruising up bruising up their gang or something I'm excited about She-Hulk. Just talking about this, by the way. I don't feel like it's so. I can see her like, like, the, basically beating up the guy, and then like, all right, take the stand now, sir. And then he like sees her like prosecuting him, like, oh god, <laughs> not again. And then uh, okay, they're like, yeah. what? So I'm I'm catching up. I'm catching up on on She-Hulk. Uh, Here's something interesting. As a highly skilled lawyer who became a superhero by accident, she's frequently uh, uses her legal and personal experience to serve as legal counsel to other superheroes. Mm. So that's an interesting, that's an interesting, like... She's their lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> ben just gave me a look like, what? <laughs> yeah, but, like, I don't... <laughs> Like, this kind of happened when, like, right after when Spider-Man gave up his, or, like, they gave away Spider-Man's identity in, in that last Spider-Man movie, people thought, like, oh, well, like, Matt Murdock or Daredevil could be his lawyer, and they could, like, you know, basically defend him or in that area. I just don't know how many, like, big superheroes get in, like, legal trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, check out this scenario. So Spider-Man <laughs> is being sued by, by a Brooklyn pop-up um boba tea place <laughs> and um and they're struggling they're suing spider-man for like wrecking for, their business like for leaving for leaving webs for leaving webs on the on the on the thing but that dissolves like an hour later oh does it see yes. okay maybe maybe he to save some people like he puts a car through their their front door maybe some of the web got in the coffee I just and, the, like and the and the insurance company is like we we don't cover this. We don't cover like Spider Man shit. We're not covering like a car going through because Spider Man had to fling it at a villain. That's not covered in yeah. your policy. 
She-Hulk is on it. In the MCU, I don't, like, see any of the Avengers having legal issues, is what I'm saying. Like, they, I'm down for a I see, show that's literally I see them all having like tons of legal issues. But. What? <laughs> like, in reality, maybe, but not in the movie. Like, that's not cinematic. Ben, the entirety, the, the, the premise of Captain America Civil War is that y'all will have, there will be legal ramifications if you don't sign this document, if you keep being superheroes and blowing shit up without facing, like, the legal consequences of it. There is an entire movie where the premise is based on you will face legal consequences. I, I, I get that, but, like, I don't see, like, any of those Avengers showing up to court and then, like, there being a courtroom drama scene about, like, oh, like, she will prosecute. You know so I mean? we need we need a Judge Judy spinoff, um, MCU Judge but, Judy, but it's it's a daytime TV show, and it's all like all the questions that we have. What happened when? What happened when that bridge but, blew up? What happened? It, like issue one seventy. What happened like, when the whole city blew up? We could have it, that court case. But if this is a TV show, and we have, and I I get that a lot of these movie people are getting their own TV show, like with WandaVision and uh, the. Winter Soldier and Falcon. Like, I just don't know if those people will come down from the movie to be in court necessarily. But I could be wrong. I just don't. Like, you it. don't. Okay, are you? Are you saying like characters from the movies will not appear in these shows? No, no I just. I'm not saying that. I just. I see. I feel like that's less likely. Sure, but I don't know. I want there to be a blockbuster Supreme Court case <laughs> that 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 defines superheroes as like oh, a shit. different species outside of the jurisdiction yo, of yo the whole like mutants like X Men like that whole genre is essentially like is an allegory essentially for like gay rights, women's rights, like yeah, minority like, like people's rights. How, like yeah. what if? What if we have She-Hulk like taking up the like a class action lawsuit for like a bunch of mutants who got kicked out of their school because they were mutants and it's like you can't kick these students out of their school just because they're mutants like I'd, I would love that. I I'd, like, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. But that, that sounds better than like a superhero in court like wait, like trying to You know what I'm saying? Okay, fine. But we're just saying the possibilities are there. I I came into this pod today, this episode today, with like very little knowledge of She-Hulk, and I'm already like, let's, let's go. go, let's do I'm it. Reading She-Hulk right after <laughs> like, we're done recording. <laughs> like more, more excited about She-Hulk this this series than like having Doctor Strange as Spider-Man. Whoa, to be, okay. To be honest, that's a like, and, and that's about more portals and multiverses, <laughs> and, that's, and now it's and like that's not to say race. that's not to say that's not to say I'm not excited about Spider-Man three. It's just that like. Benedict Cumberbatch, like Doctor Strange, like adds maybe a little bit of excitement, maybe a little bit, kind of ticks up a little bit. But my gr- my excitement for She Hulk has gone from like here, like the floor, <laughs> up to up to here. Uh, just having <laughs> just having this conversation with you guys. Oh, good. That we could help, I guess. Um, <laughs> I think I think that's everything. Now that we kind of touched all that, but. Um, Hope you guys are excited. Hope you listeners are excited about uh, Marvel like we are uh, going forward. Thank you for listening to the pod. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Buckets and Beyond. 
and on Twitter at Buckets Beyond. Um, thank you guys for listening. We've been Buckets and Beyond. Peace out. Deuces. Adios. Adios.